0: Seventeen. If you do not have a Bible, uh, there should be a pew Bible there in front of you. I ask you to grab it and turn to it. My apologies for uh, microphone issues again this Sunday. If you're sitting there wondering, don't they check this stuff throughout the week? I mean, they got seven days between services. The answer is yes, we do. <laughs> and multiple times this week, had no problems with it whatsoever. So uh, if you ever wonder why me and Patrick have little hair to no hair, Uh, We will get it resolved. My apologies. Don't like anything distracts from the Lord. His work. Luke chapter 9, we're going to read verses 10 through 17 uh, this morning. Hear God's word. Talking about the disciples, it says, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had no need of healing. Now the day began to wear away and the twelve came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For they were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may your spirit come this morning and speak to us, feed us. Nourish us, save us, and sustain us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a bird that sensed the need that winter was coming. And so the bird began to fly south for the winter. Unfortunately, the bird noticed that Perhaps it had waited a little bit too long this year to begin flying south. And so as the bird was flapping its wings, it noticed that its wings began to freeze. And suddenly the bird fell straight out of the sky down into the middle of a cow pasture. The bird tried to move, but it was frozen, stiff, solid like a piece of ice. And about that time, a cow walked past the bird and unloaded a bunch of cow manure upon the bird. The bird thought to itself, well, my need just got worse. And what will I do to get out of this predicament? But suddenly the cow manure began to thaw the frozen bird. Suddenly the heat from the manure began to thaw him and the bird began to slowly move its wings. With excitement and joy, the bird began to sing and scream <laughs> and began to be overjoyed with the fact that perhaps its life had just been spared. But now the bird knew that it was stuck in this manure and needed someone to help it. Well, right about that time, a a cat walked through the cow pasture. And the bird thought to itself, this is the help that I need. And so the cat began to dig the bird out from the manure. And suddenly, the cat ate the thawed bird. Now where do I get that story? Dr. Tony Evans shares that story. And here's the lesson that Dr. Tony Evans gets from that story. He says this, not everyone who dumps manure upon you is your enemy. Not everyone that gets you out of the manure you're in is necessarily your friend. But one thing's for certain, whenever you are in a pile of manure, sometimes it's best to just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) That's not the lesson that I take away from that story. The lesson I take away from that story is this. That bird found itself in a bunch of different needy situations throughout its life. And so do you. There are some times in your life when you feel like, I need rest. There are some times when you feel like you need some help. You feel stuck. There are times when you feel isolated and all alone. And there are times when you are dissatisfied with the location and the situation of your life. And So the reason I like that story is because I think every single one of us in this room can identify with that bird. Because everyone in this sanctuary this morning comes here today needy we all need something maybe you have questions and you need answers maybe you do need some help maybe you need rest or maybe you find yourself like the crowd in this passage hungry and needing money for a meal the good news that R. Kent Hughes says in his commentary on Luke's gospel, that the grand point of this passage is this, is that Jesus is sufficient for all of your needs. Regardless of where you find yourself this morning, what this passage reveals to us very clearly in this miracle that Jesus performs is this, Jesus is sufficient for any need in your life. Jesus is sufficient for every need you find yourself needing a solution in your life. That is the grand point of this passage this morning. But why? Why should you trust Jesus to be sufficient for all your needs? See, what I think the the disciples wrestled with in this passage is what you and I wrestle with all the time. We could go back in, in the scriptures and we can see place after place after place where there was a need and God met the need. There was a need and God provided the solution. But the question that haunts us in every situation that we find ourselves is this question Will Jesus provide this time? I mean, I know Jesus provided last time. But will Jesus provide this time? Now, what I want us to see this morning as we stroll through this passage together is this. Yes. Jesus is worthy of your confidence. Jesus is worthy of your confidence that he will meet your need. And there are two reasons I want us to take a look at this morning, and you'll see what those two reasons are if you stick with me this morning. Jesus' disciples found themselves in a very needy situation in verses 1 through 6. When we come to verse 10, that's actually the mission that they've just come off. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. And I want you to hear the mission that Jesus just sent the apostles on and how needy they were in that situation. Verse 1 says this of chapter 9, And Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whenever you do not receive, they do not receive you, and when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Do you think for a second? that when Jesus' disciples went out on that mission, they wondered to themselves, will Jesus really provide this time? Did you hear the mission that he gave them? Don't take anything with you. Don't take any money. Don't take any bread. Don't take any bags. Don't take anything with you. And the bag that they would have taken would have been the bag that they would have stored bread provisions in for them to eat. But Jesus told them, don't take anything. I'm going to provide everything for you that you need on this mission. Don't you think for a second that they thought, will Jesus provide? Absolutely, that's what they thought. And the first demon-possessed person that they encountered, do you think that they wondered to themselves, will Jesus really provide this time? When we cast the demon out, will it actually be exercised from the person? When we preach the gospel, will people really respond in faith? Absolutely. They were thinking to themselves, will Jesus really provide this time? Isn't that what you ask? That's what I ask every time I find myself in need. I wonder to myself, will Jesus provide this time? And what do we see in verse 10? It says, on the return, the apostles told him all that they had done. Two little snippets you hear in the original language as you take a look at it. The first one is this, is that... The disciples come back kind of like a chatty middle school girl. They're telling Jesus in full, descript, detail everything that's just transpired. Every demon that they exercised, every sermon that they preached, every person that repented and came to saving faith in Jesus. They are telling Jesus in explicit detail all that they had done is what the the scriptures say. And so what happened? They misunderstood what just happened. Their neediness led to cockiness. Why? Because they misunderstood Jesus' provision for them in their lives. Have you ever been like that? Sure, you have. I have too. We find ourselves in a needy situation. We ask Jesus to respond, to answer our prayer. And what happens? When God answers our prayer, our neediness oftentimes leads, unfortunately, to cockiness. We're kind of like teenagers after they've ridden a roller coaster. How many of you have ever taken your children or grandchildren to a theme park and they're all nervous but excited about riding the roller coaster? And then after they've survived the roller coaster, what happens? They come and share with you in explicit detail everything that they've done. And what are they doing? They're a little bit cocky about their experience, aren't they? I held my hands up. I didn't even hold on. You didn't need to. You were strapped in. You were buckled in. You didn't even need to hold on. Why? Because the machine was doing all of the work. What's that a picture of? It's a picture of how I've ridden roller coasters myself. And it's a picture, more importantly, of how we respond to God's provision for the needs in our lives. That so many times we misread God's provision as our achievement and our accomplishment. So why does Jesus deserve your confidence? Because he's sufficient to meet your needs. And this passage reveals two reasons why Jesus is more than worthy of your confidence to provide your needs. And we'll take a look at what those two reasons are this morning. If you stick with me. At verse 10, what we see is that Jesus took his disciples and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Did you know that this passage is contained in all four of the Gospels? It is. It's the one miracle that's actually contained in all four of the Gospels. And the reason that it's contained in all four of the Gospels is because this miracle is the climax. It is the conclusion of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And so Jesus is bringing before his disciples something very significant about his character and something very significant about his mission. Bethsaida was a town that was north of the Sea of Galilee. And it says that Jesus took them there. And in Mark's gospel, it tells us the reason why Jesus took them there was because they needed rest. They were tired. They had come back from celebrating their their mission for God and preaching the gospel and exercising demons. And they're exhausted and Jesus takes them to the other side of the sea to get some rest. But what Mark's gospel records in a little bit more detail than Luke's gospel is this, is that as soon as the crowd begins to see Jesus and his disciples make their way across the sea, they begin running as fast as they can around the Sea of Galilee. And it says in Mark's gospel they actually began to beat Jesus and the disciples there. Amazing. And there's no doubt that as Jesus' disciples make their way off the ship, onto land, weary from working for the Lord, they ask themselves this question. Will Jesus provide this time? We need some rest. And yet the crowd looks needy. They look hungry will Jesus provide this time? It reminds me of my, my pastor growing up. His name was Reverend Jeff Chadwick. He pastored the Westminster Presbyterian Church there in West Virginia. Jeff was the pastor there for more than 10 to 12 years. And everyone in the church began to notice a pattern in his ministry that whenever he went on vacation, someone in the church died. It never failed, And so over that 10 to 12 years, Jeff rarely got a vacation because every time he went out of town, someone died and he always had to cut his vacation short to be able to come home and perform that funeral for the family. I'll never forget one time that Jeff went on a mission trip to Uganda. And this was in the early 90s. This is really before... uh, Everyone had a cell phone. At, at that time, there was a couple of people in my, my town that had a, a cell phone in their dad's work truck. So it was very difficult to reach missionaries and pastors on the mission field. And sometimes it would take at least half a day to be able to be in communication with them. The word went out to Jeff that, it, and sure enough, as he was on this Uganda mission trip, it was a medical mission trip where they were doing uh, surgeries for cleft palates and all sorts of needs in that community, that word came to Jeff that one of his dearest and closest friends in the church had died. And the word back that that Jeff was able to get back to the church was this, I'm sorry I can't get back in time, but God will provide. And the family was nervous about whether or not God would provide, but you know what? God did provide because the associate pastor at Westminster Church that week was honored to perform that funeral ceremony for that beloved family in the church. What did the church learn that week? That God will provide. What did that pastor learn that week? That God will provide. This time, just like he has Every other time. Do you know that Jesus will provide this time in your life for whatever need you have? He will, and there are two reasons that we see in this passage. While we can have confidence that Jesus will provide for your need this time, what are those two reasons? Stick with me this morning. And you'll find out. Look at verses 11 through 12, the need that comes to Jesus' attention. It says, when the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. What's amazing is that in this situation, Jesus finds a crowd that's very needy. But how does Jesus respond to their needs? There are twofold needs that they have. Some of them have answers, questions rather, that they need answered by the gospel. There are some that have physical needs. And it says here that Jesus ministered continuously to all of them. Jesus continuously healed their diseases. Jesus continuously preached the gospel to them. And so he never tired. And so, what are the the crowds beginning to see that Jesus will provide their needs this time? Jesus will provide for their need this time, just like he has every time. And what are the disciples learning as well? They should be learning that Jesus is never depleted, no matter how many times they come to him with needs. That Jesus is more than capable, Jesus is more than able to meet their physical needs and to meet their spiritual needs as well. I'll tell you, a person in my life that's a picture of God's, Unending grace and God's sustaining grace is my mother in law. Probably for many of you, your mother or grandmother has been a picture of that in your life as well. My mother in law works in the medical field and she works a very tiring job, and yet she comes home always ready to counsel, always ready to listen, always ready to cook, always with a plan for whatever problem she faces. You know what's sad? And being with Jennifer for 26 years, I've never asked the question, will my mother-in-law not be able to meet the need today? But you know what is sad? There are many times in my life where I've doubted Christ's willingness To meet the need I'm facing. And whether or not I say it verbally or not, there have been a number of times in my life where I've wondered, will Jesus provide this time? Have you ever wondered that? And Why? Why should we ever doubt him? What has he ever done? To be worthy of such doubt? Nothing. Nothing. Look how Jesus faces the situation we see in verses 12 through 14. It says, Now the day began to wear away and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. Do you see the situation here? They have extremely limited time to meet this need. The Scripture... As I study the scriptures and you study commentaries, most people say that it was probably around anywhere between 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. that day. And you know what's going to happen today now that we've set the clocks back, don't you? What's going to happen around 5 o'clock? It's going to get really, really dark. So they've got limited time. And now we know that they've got limited resources. They've only got five loaves and two fish to feed about 5,000 men. That's a lot of hungry dudes. Some of you are mothers and grandmothers that you have just two or three hungry guys in your family. And you can hear their, their bellies growling three, three rooms away in your house, can't you? Here's the situation. But it gets worse. They're in a desolate place, it says. And the word desolate place there is the same word used for desert or Wilderness. And the disciples do something that's shocking. It says in the original Greek that they actually come and command Jesus in an imperative, send them away to go get some provisions. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus and telling Jesus what needs to happen? That's what they did. The situation is bad. It is grim. And Why is it so bad? Because the, the disciples are wondering in their mind. They don't even ask the question, will Jesus provide this time? And why is that so damning of them? For a number of reasons. We know that they've just gone on a mission where Jesus told them, don't take any bread with you. Don't take a sack with you where you can keep bread. And recently he's already met their need. But this also should remind them of how God provided for the Israelites in the wilderness, in their wilderness wanderings, when God provided manna from heaven to feed them and sustain them. And so Jesus commands the disciples in verse 13, you give them something to eat. And what we learn from Luke's gospel, they say, we've only got about five loaves and two fish, and it doesn't even belong to the disciples. We learn from the other gospels, it belonged to a young boy that was in the crowd. And then in Mark's gospel, we learn that the disciples look at Jesus, they say, we would take about 200 denarii to be able to go into town and buy enough food for this crowd. In other words, that would have been about the equivalent of 200 days worth of wages, two-thirds of their salary for the year. That's how much it would have taken for them to feed that many men that were before them. What's the problem? Disciples really don't believe that Jesus will provide this time. Have you ever been there? Are you there today? That you wonder in your heart, will Jesus provide this time? In 2008, the economy crashed. I think everyone in Florida is more than aware of that, particularly the housing market. My grandparents were greatly affected by that economic crash. My grandparents were actually in the midst of selling a house and buying a new house. They were flipping a house when they got caught between the move and paying two mortgages they could not afford. My grandmother lost her job. And I remember my grandparents taking prized items that they owned, family heirlooms, to the local flea market and selling them. But my grandmother recounts the testimony of how God provided for them in those moments. Because however much money they needed to make the next mortgage payment, or however much money they needed to go to the grocery store and buy groceries, it was exactly that amount that God provided for them each week. So what did my my grandparents learn in that moment? That Jesus will provide this time. Just like he did last time. Where do we see that in this passage? We see it in verses 15 through 17. And as we take a look at verses 15 through 17, we're going to take a look at two reasons why you can have confidence that Jesus will provide this time like he did last time what happens in verses 15 through 17. It says, And they did so. The, the disciples had them all sit down on the ground in groups of about 50 each. And verse 16 is, And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and set a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces. So here's the Revelation. Jesus takes the five loaves, the two fish, and he prays this blessing that Jewish people would have said before every meal Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who bringest forth bread from the earth. And as he broke the bread, he gave some to the disciples, and they began to distribute. And as the disciples came back with empty hands, Jesus continued to break the bread that was in his hands and give it to the disciples. What was happening? The God that had provided for Israel in the wilderness was now preparing, uh, pr- uh, providing for his disciples in this setting. The same God that had provided for his disciples on their last journey was now providing for his disciples in this situation, in this setting. What were they seeing? They were seeing that the same God that provided for them in the wilderness is the same God that will provide for them this time. Jesus was continuously breaking the bread. And how did they leave? Fully satisfied. And the last picture we see is of what? Twelve baskets of broken pieces. Now look at me. Those 12 baskets were the proof to the disciples that Jesus would provide for them this time and every time. Why? For two reasons. Those 12 baskets proved, number one, That Jesus can. Jesus can provide for your needs. Why? Because he's all-sufficient, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. Those 12 baskets of bread were 12 baskets of bread that were left over after Jesus had already fed and satisfied a crowd of at least 5,000 men. So those 12 baskets proved that Jesus would meet their needs because Jesus can But don't miss the second reason. Don't miss the second reason why you can have confidence that Jesus will provide for your need this time and every time. Notice how many baskets of bread were remaining after the whole crowd had been fed. Twelve. Why is that significant? Because there were 12 disciples. And Jesus was saying to each and every single one of those disciples, not only can I meet all their needs, I can still meet your need. Not only can I meet all their needs, I can still meet your need. Not only can I meet all their needs, I can still meet your needs. So why should you be confident that Jesus will provide exactly what you need this time and every time? For two reasons. Because Jesus can. And because Jesus cares. Are you satisfied now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father how we need to be reminded that our Lord Jesus can and he cares. Forgive me for doubting your ability and your willingness. I pray, Lord, that you would feed our faith this day as we come to the Lord's Supper. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, please stand. Turn to Psalm 23. We're going to sing verses one through three as the elders begin making their way to the Lord's Supper table. the night when he was betrayed took bread